Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. I am joined today by Liz Henderson, Data Queen and Executive Director at Capgemini. A few months ago, I listened to an episode of Driven by Data, the podcast that was featuring Liz, and she was talking about organizational change management and the risks associated with siloed data strategies. I I thought that this episode was really interesting and I found myself wanting to hear more about it, but I also wanted a different perspective. So um, we work in a field that moves at pace and very often we need to adapt to new ways of working, new technology, a new direction. And I myself faced many changes in the last year. So I thought we could talk about how, as non-executive data professionals, we could navigate change and also contribute to better change management. Liz is great, and she she welcomed the challenge with open arms, and so she accepted to have this conversation on the Women in Data podcast. Hi, Liz. Hi, Karen. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolute pleasure to talk about such a key topic, change. Yeah, it's it's a big one. I have to say that it's something I've been thinking about for a while. And I remember in the first episode of the podcast, that was more than three years ago now, Janine Woodcock, it was obviously the biggest change we all had. So that was the pandemic when we were all sent back home and she was talking a bit about control and how you can make sure that you don't get overwhelmed when change, when change arises. And I feel like it's been a constant topic, at least in my life, since that moment. So I'm really excited to to chat about you, to chat about that with you. Before we get into the topic, can I invite you to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. So I'm a senior data leader with experience operating globally, where I empower individuals and organizations to unlock the power of their data by leadership and guidance, supporting them to foster the culture of capability, confidence, and curiosity, so they can be more successful and grow. Thank you. And what really got you into change management? Well, data is all about change, and change is all about people. And I had a really bad experience early on in my career. I was working in an organisation, and we were going through a big change. A number of us, our ways of working were going to change dramatically. But nobody thought to ask us about what's have you, how will it impact you? All we were given was this beautiful but huge binder, you know, the big lever arch binders, that's how big and chunky it was, beautifully bound, lovely pictures and images of the screens, really well laid out, and said, Here you are. I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? And we were just told to follow it. Nobody's gonna follow if you just give them a binder and just say do it. You want to know what, why, why do you need to follow it? What's important? So we just put it in the cupboard and left it in the cupboard because actually we found our way around it. We could go around the change. Well, the organisation eventually got sold. Whether it was our fault for not changing our processes, I will never know. But 
that for me was how not to do change. And I've just learned from that. And I hopefully do it much better with everybody else. That's a, that's a very powerful story, I must say. And I feel like that, that's true. So many times um, change happens and you're not asked for your opinion on it or there is no full explanation of how it's going to impact you and why the change is happening. It's just, hey, here it is and then <laughs> deal with it almost. Um, so I'm glad we're having this conversation. And as you said, I mean, data is all about change. Um, everything changes with us. Uh, technology moves really fast. And I just wanted maybe to touch about these key things that you believe that will help us navigate change. Yeah, so navigating change is really interesting because there was a recent survey from one of the industry or data, data and analytics industry leaders in surveying around 90% of data initiatives fail to deliver the business objectives. So what that business case was for, yes, we can do this because we're going to create these business objectives, we're going to create these results, 90% of those don't deliver those original results. And that is a major issue. And that's why data is such a way, well, it's an even more challenge than anything else, because we're failing to deliver what we expect to deliver, which is not great. And most of that is around the people and the cultural aspects. Again, data is a people sport. It needs people to change, but they need to understand the reason for change why they should change, where the change is coming from. Is it a new way of working for the business benefits? Is it growth in the business? Is it new strategy direction? Is it somewhere else within the business that needs to change and you're impacted by it? And if you don't understand that journey, where you want to get to and why you have to be on board with this change, it becomes really, really difficult to embrace what you're actually going to do. And I'd encourage anybody to ask if you're not sure what's going on or why the change is happening, or you don't fully understand it, find your manager or another person in leadership and ask them, why are we doing this? They're only going to welcome you with open arms because they want it to be successful. So you asking will probably delight them, light up their day. They're certainly going to be happy about talking to you about the change. And being a data person a day in a data team, you're a change advocate. So you're supporting others with that change journey. And if you understand better about what that change journey is and what's expected, you can help others more. I really love that. But I, the, you were talking about, you know, the importance of understanding the change, why it's happening, um, and understanding all the reasons behind it and being open and going and ask your manager, do you have any tips on how one can actually start this conversation? Because I'm thinking... Well, I'm hoping that when people communicate change, I know it doesn't happen all the time, but they will hopefully believe that they've communicated the why. So how can one go back to the manager and say, I didn't really fully understand the why without making them feel like things were not communicated properly or that it wasn't handled in the best way? Yeah, absolutely. And that's not what you want to do. And I'm sure nobody wants to... Nobody's ever going to do that, but it's what can I learn more? How can I support more? I'm really excited about what's just been presented. What more can you tell me about that? It's those kind of and questions almost about 
and what can I do more of and what can I help with and how can I make it more successful okay sounds good and you also touch on embracing the change so embracing the change will come from I guess understanding it to start with and is there a pro- <laughs> I, I guess you know when change happens you can feel a bit out of control so how can one really make sure that they embrace the change and then this is also I guess links to what you said about the end questions um but is there anything else that someone can do to really live it and embrace it well as you say change is not comfortable it makes us feel insecure and vulnerable we don't know what's going to happen and that's natural but your ability to embrace it and that comes from understanding it more and asking those questions about it helps you grow as an as a professional and the more change you go through the less often you will be feeling vulnerable insecure because you've had more experiences more practice at it and hopefully it becomes better and you think okay I can adapt to this I'm feeling positive I have the ability I've done it before I can do this again and you build up your confidence over time it's like anything I think yeah I uh, I can't wait to get <laughs> to get to a place where change feels comfortable <laughs> Change can be exciting. Depends on what it is, though. <laughs> Definitely depends on what it is. But I agree there there are some things that can be quite exciting if you you are able to be on board and and you believe in what's happening. The opposite side of that is when you don't believe in it and you really don't understand, and that can be very have very bad um, effect, even on mental health, I guess. Um, something you said about growth. So you did mention that the more you go through it, the more you get used and comfortable with the idea of change. But you also mentioned that it helps you grow as a professional. I would love to explore that. Personal growth is a big topic for me. And I, I do see all the learning that comes from change when you think I guess when you take a bit of a step back and then think about it, but on the moment, it could be potentially very difficult to see that this is going to be a learning opportunity. So how can one still keep that in mind and and make sure, I guess, they see it as an opportunity for themselves? Yeah, if you're feeling insecure and vulnerable because you've just been told about some change that's going on, you're going to struggle with the, this is my growth opportunity. So I would suggest taking a step at a time, like we've discussed, understanding the whys and the the drivers, but then using it as an opportunity to network. So you're in the data team, you need to be supporting the rest of the organisation. So that means you're going to be talking to lots of people. So there may be people that you don't already know or people that you can get to know better. So utilise that networking opportunity. And that, of course, is going to bring an opportunity for visibility, and maybe even opportunities to be visible in different areas of the business that you've not been visible before, or to be in different meetings talking about the change and the success and what that could bring to the organisation. One experience I had many, many years ago is I was sat on an industry board, and that got me recognised both inside my industry and actually outside of my industry, which led on to some consulting opportunities, which was really helpful. So if you can then 
work out how to connect with other people in your industry around the change or even just look at what other industries are doing with the change that you're doing. I mean, take Amazon, for example, started off as a simple bookshop and now look what they are, an enormous organisation. But they kept on looking outside of their current industry from books to groceries, they're moving to home security, who knows what's next. So I'd always encourage people to keep their eye on what's going on in other industries. How are they doing things differently? And is there something you can learn and bring back to your own industry? That's a really good tip. Is yes said than done though. I have I guess you might have seen that as well. I've tried I've been trying to really stay on top of what's happening just in data and technology and data science and there's so much out there that I find it very difficult to to be able to stay in touch with that. The, the problem with the data industry, it moves at lightning speed. <laughs> you just have to pick whatever it is you're interested in. And having a network of experts or going to network meetings, whether that's a women's network or a, um, a more diverse network, connect with people inside your industry, outside, and maybe even just send them a note saying, oh, what are you working on at the moment? There's a guy that I work with in a consultancy who works with a lot of different industries than myself, and we have a regular catch-up. And I say regular, it might only be three or four months that we chat, but we share experiences. I've got another contact from Cambridge University. So they all have different perspectives on the industry and what's happening, and that helps you have that broader view on what's going on within the industry or what might benefit you in your industry going forward. Yeah, yeah, I do believe that chatting with people that are in my network would be a more efficient way for me, at least, of doing it than spending hours crawling on Google and trying to find something. Um, so something I, I wanted to touch on quickly and I might be putting you on the spot a bit is the fact that so I've joined my current organization if it's been a few months now, well, quite a few months. Um, and you mentioned Amazon where they started as a bookshop and then they grew and changed quite a lot. And in the startup sphere, change happens very regularly and this is something I've been struggling with because I've never been in an organization where change was happening at least once a month um I I had breakfast with a friend recently and she was saying just in three months so that was a different organization just in three months she changed manager four times and that's again coming from a startup and I feel like in there because the company is moving really quickly they need to make decisions it's this I guess fail fast so how what's what's the saying try things and fail fast kind of mentality I don't remember how to say it do you have any advice for someone in these kind of situations I think it's fail fast learn fast I might be wrong with that but I'm not maybe sure. <laughs> and I think there's all different variations it depends on what you want to take from it yeah change challenging lots of different managers but then look at it on the flip side an opportunity to get to know different people and if they've left the organization there's potential contacts outside the organization you might have but change in startups is actually probably very easy 
I'm much better than doing in an established organization. Mm. I mainly work with established organizations and changing those established organizations is really massive because there's a resistance. They don't want to change. The people are very stuck in their way. Go back to my story about you're given a book with all the instructions in. Why would you change as an established organization? But startups, they have that whole culture of risk and innovation and we want to change. We want to be better. But yeah, I can imagine it is quite unsettling. And again, you go back to that insecure, vulnerable, because change is happening. So what can you take away from those different change? So what's the positives? So perhaps go back, look at the change. What happened last time? What did I learn? What was the success? What were the positives that I can take from that? It's almost reframing the story in a positive way. Something I actually used to, you've just reminded me, I, I taught this when I was at, um, back in my days at IBM. We used to call it fearless. And we used to reframe negative stories with a positive approach. We used to talk about facing a lion and riding a motorcycle and things like that. But you could do that just as easily with change in an organisation. What happened? Where was I then? Where am I now? Maybe if you've got some change that's happening now, Write down in your journal, how do I feel? What am I concerned about? Where are my fears? How can I manage those? What kind of different approach can I take? Is that a realistic fear? or And did that work out really well and positively in the past? Or is it something that's a real fear? Who can I go and speak to and discuss that with? Never, fit, never focus on your own, never face it on your own. Talk to other people. That's uh, that's really great. Thank you. I was scribbling down everything you were saying. I'm thinking I'm going to listen to this again and then write it down and do this journaling thing. That's really good. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so now we, we covered a bit how one can navigate change. But as you said, as data professionals, we also drive change. So data is a big part of, of change. Um. So for example, there is a lot of talks around automations, having self-serve tools, but the spread of ML as well and all the different things that, that are happening in our industry that we are at the center of and we are indirectly responsible for driving the change. So how can we make sure that these change that we are part of um, really goes well and has the, the impact we expected? Because it would be a shame again to keep having, I mean, in a couple of years and have these 90% projects fail again. And that's probably the biggest challenge because if we've got at the moment 90% of data initiatives are failing to deliver the original business benefits, we know there's a massive hill to climb. So I would say, first of all, don't beat yourself up. If 90% are failing, that's even just a small percentage to increase the success is a massive improvement. So I've been through lots of change in my, my life, whether it's merging acquisitions, new technology, just a plain old digital transformation. I think what organisations get wrong is that wholesale change. I always advocate for starting small. Now, you can go in and say, yeah, we're going to implement a brand new system and we're going to change our processes, our procedures, all our technology, you all need to upskill in all of this. Oh, and by the way, the culture is going to change as well because we're now going to be digital. 
People go, oh, my God, scared, panic. Of course they do. What is it you want to focus on? Start with something that's meaningful, going to make a difference, whether that's one system or one area of the business, and focus on them. Help them understand and be positive and be curious. It goes back to that confidence, capability, and curiosity. And if they feel like they're being supported along that journey, they're going to feel more confident and success is more likely to happen. So it's basically um, ensuring that you identify these areas where you can drive successful change um, and transform the people there into advocates so that you can drive change with them. Yeah, absolutely. I always start with a, okay, I want to do some data quality, for example. Who's going to be my biggest advocate? You don't start with a department that's like, really don't care about this, not interested. (laughs) They're not going to be your friends at the end of the day. You want to start, oh, yeah, we've got a real problem with our customer data. Come and tell us how we can do this better because we're spending a lot of time, a lot of effort going back and changing all the time. Help us understand how we can do that better. They're your advocates. They're the people that you can make a real difference to who will shout about what you've done and the success after you've done it, which will then help you move to the next successful change. Yeah. So that's going to be basically you do one change at a time and then connect them to then get to the full impact you wanted to have or do you keep them separate? No, I would say it's a full journey and you go one change at a time. It's For me, it's like throwing a stone in or a pebble into a pond. It's that first ripple. Once you've demonstrated success of that first ripple, you can do something bigger with the second ripple. And it will ripple out doing bigger and bigger, big things. The more people you get on board, the more success you've proven, and the more buy-in you get from the business. So when you go back for more funding to do different things, people are like, oh, well, you were really successful in this area. You saved them this time, this money. I'm sure you can do it again. It's about repeatability. All I would say is be careful with the technology first approach. Many organizations do tech first and the data is the last thing that's considered. So for example, they might have five work streams. They'll put a data lead in each of the work streams, but then you've got five different points of view. And if you're trying to define a certain set of fields and you've got five different views, how are you ever going to make sure your system works effectively and you get the right data in that system if you've got five different views? You need one data lead taking all those views and making sure your data is in the fit state. The other bad thing that I've seen many, many times in the past is, oh, don't worry about the data. We'll just dump it in there and we'll sort it out later. <laughs> it never happens. The amount of systems out there that have poor quality data in For example, they might need an age for a date of birth or something like that, a year. Legislation changes. All of a sudden, you need to know whether your customers are over 18. And if you're in an industry where you have got younger people than 18, how are you going to go back and check all those dates of birth? That's a mammoth task. Whereas if you'd have sorted your data out first, you'd have worked out what you need to do and how you need to do it. So you can save so much time and effort by really considering your data as your first priority in any change activity. I know that all people on the technology side will hate me for saying that, but I am a data person after all. (laughs) 
I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've seen so many things happening where a data person wasn't in the room to talk about the technology and implementations and having, you know, it's again, having this data-driven strategy and having the data strategy as well going along with the technology change. And then you go back and then you're someone is asking for even let's take away the regulation change um because i guess you could say that maybe you didn't think that far not that you didn't think that far ahead but you couldn't predict that the regulation was going to change but just something basic that supports business needs um and then people will ask oh can i maybe access this data and then you're like oh well you were not able to link these two <laughs> data together and then we can't give you the answer. And that would be something crucial for the business. So definitely agree with what you just said. Um, to close the episode, I wanted to ask what you're learning at the moment or are interested in learning about. Okay, so something that's very topical is LLM, ChatGPT, large language models. And I think there's huge opportunities in the data world for that. There's a lot of data solutions, data systems that already have AI built into them with modern technology, and they're great. I am a real advocate for the, the solutions that have AI built in. But what is the future of the data catalogue? There's got to be something coming down the road at some point using the large language models around improving data cataloging. And I think that's around the opportunities that you can have more automated curating. So removing that huge manual effort of curating your data in the data catalogue, having a chatbot style interface, and also currently data catalogues don't support anything other than structured data. So think about if you could put unstructured data in your catalogue, so images, videos, all those text documents that are sitting in your organisation. So data catalogue is a key part of your data landscape. and Many organisations are implementing it. So I would just encourage people to think about what's the future and where's your solution provider for your data catalogue going? Yeah, definitely big change coming. <laughs> Thank you so much, Liz, for joining me on the podcast today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, Karen. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.